Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with a mental illness. And of course, to normalize the mental health conversation. Happy Monday. And I just want to thank you for checking the podcast out again this week. If you're new here, welcome. Just know this podcast is all about mental health, mental wellness, and interviewing people that live with mental health conditions or disorders or mental illness, but then also to talk about mental health. I say this all the time. We do not have to have a mental illness to take care of our mental health. We all have mental health. And so it's important that we do things to manage our mental and emotional well-being. And so it is my hope and prayer that when people listen to this podcast, they know that they're not alone. They know that there are people who live with similar conditions and who have similar challenges as them and to give people a space to live in their truth. And then I also want to make sure that we are do- that I do a better job in connecting the dots how various areas of our life impact our mental health. And so that's what this podcast is about. Um, It was birthed from a very dark place. All of my OG listeners and people who've been following me on social media for a little while know that I'm a suicide survivor. And I talk about that a lot. And because it's something that not a lot of people will openly admit to. And I know that there's power and there's healing in telling your truth and that there's nothing ashamed about sharing the darkest parts of yourself. This week is really significant to me. On February 11th, 2016 was the day that I attempted to end my life and was rushed to the hospital. It was my first encounter of being in the psychiatric unit. And it was the experience that really changed the trajectory of my entire life and really opened my eyes to mental health and one's emotional well-being. And so this day or that day, my mom often says like she doesn't like to remember that day because of course that was the day that she could have lost me. But I don't think about that day as that. I think about it as a rebirth. I think think about it as the day that God... Um, provided me with grace and mercy and provided me with the opportunity, you know, where he spared my life, where I'm able to do this, this work. And even though I still struggle, you know, from time to time with suicidal thoughts is not nearly as much as I used to, but I still do struggle with them. And so this is truly a rebirth for me. And so I just hope that Here I go getting emotional. Come on, Takiya, pull together. I just hope that when you all are listening to the podcast or you're interacting with me on social media, that you do know that there is hope and there is another 
way. Um, but I also understand the the very the 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 fight to not give into those thoughts because I know how sometimes how powerless I can feel and I sometimes can have the urge to re- to really want to act on them because going to that that mental space has often been my go-to and in talking about you know having suicidal thoughts that's often been my go-to for a very long time since I was a child and it wasn't until therapy where I started to you know hope to for that not to be my go-to and while I still do struggle with it it's not it's not often my go-to as it once was. So there is definitely progress. So yeah, I just wanted to share that with you all. And then I also want to announce the winners. Thank you to every single person who entered, um, or filled, filled out, uh, completed the survey. I definitely paid attention to the feedback. What was the most that I, that I read in terms of improving the podcast is sound quality which I'm grateful that you agree with me on that. Sometimes it's difficult to digest constructive uh, criticism, but it's the only way that I can get better. Um, The other thing that I read was shorter episodes, so ideally less than an hour. Another person asked me to elaborate on the motherless child topic, so I'll have to bring someone in to talk about that. And someone else um, requested more in-person interviews versus on the phone. So the hundredth episode was an in-person interview. So what did you guys think about that? Um, Do you like the more in-person style? Maybe if I'm doing more in-person, maybe I can start recording them. I don't want to get, you know, like video. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, put too much on my plate, but I do want to do more with the podcast, um, especially when I'm able to have a team to help me do some of the work that I'm doing by myself. I'm really like a mom and pop shop, essentially, because I do a lot on my own. I do have someone that's helping me with the social media page. So um, that definitely helps me out a lot. And so I appreciate the feedback. I truly do. And just know that I am, I receive it. I am taking it into consideration and I'm working on figure out, figuring out ways how I can improve upon the co- the podcast and do the things that and also implement the things that you've suggested so thank you so let me announce the winners so the three winners are Rhonda Waithers Tina Brunton and Kasha Kent so thank you lovely ladies I will be emailing you to figure out how I can mail you your gift and so it was I entered all of the emails into a generator and they just populated on their own because that was the only fair way that I can do it. But just thank you to every single person who took the time to spend five minutes or however however long it took you to do it. Just know I really appreciate it because you didn't have to. So thank you to every single person who took the time to complete the survey. So this week's topic, in honor of Friday being Valentine's Day and weekend, I wanted to talk about love or love languages rather. I'm not sure if you all are familiar with the five types of love languages, but I wanted to talk about it just so um, we can figure out one, what our love language is and the not only know what our love language is, but what our partner's love language is, because a lot of times how we how one person gives and receives love is completely different. And you'll you'll see what I'm talking about um, as we get into the topic. My primary 
love language. We're going to go into all five of them, but my primary love language is quality time. So here's the thing. When it comes to quality time, the person who has the love language of quality time, they are all about undivided attention. So like an example of that, it could vary from person to person, but overall with quality time is no television or smartphones or basically like anything that's distracting you from your primary, from your partner's um, undivided attention. So, you know, people that their quality time is their love language, they don't just want to be included during this, you know, this period of time. They want to be the center of your attention and they want their partners to look at them and only them. Um, Now, this doesn't mean like curl up on a couch and watch Netflix or something, but it does mean that, you know, you make sure that the time spent together is dedicated time without distractions. Um, Because that helps a person who primary love language is quality time that helps us. And I'm saying myself because that's my primary love language feel comfortable in a relationship. So every time a person cancels a date or postpones a time together or aren't present during that time, it can be really hurtful to myself and other people who primary love language is quality time. Um, And so it's important that you make us feel like you care about us um, by not, you know, being engaged in other things while you're spending time with people who their primary love language is quality time. And so for me, and I can only speak from my experience, every one time is, you know, different. I don't necessarily, I don't mind if a person checks their phone from time to time to look at a text message or, but for a, if I'm in a person's presence, I do feel some type of way if somebody is constantly on their phone, like, I just feel like, what's the point in spending time with me if you're on the phone the phone the entire time? Like I said, the occasional checking in on your phone, responding to a text, or that doesn't really bother me. But if that's all you're doing when I'm in your presence, for me, I do have a problem with that. And so in quality time, you know, nothing says I love you, like your full undivided attention and being there, you know, for a person who's primary love language is quality time is, you know, everything else is on standby. Like I said, distractions and, you know, and postpone activities or like uh, the failure to listen can be really hurtful. So whether it's spending uninterrupted time talking about someone else or doing activities like going to the movies or skating, laser tag, or maybe it is watching Netflix. but it can really deepen the connection with the individuals who primary love language is quality time. So that's, you know, one of the love languages and it's not in any, you know, it's not in any particular order. I'm just letting you, you know, know what the types of love languages are. Another love language is acts of service. So acts of service could be like, Helping someone with homework or like a task is an expression of love. Um, Anything to help ease the burden. Um, So like say if someone has, 
you know, a proposal they're working on and you decide to uh, do a part of the proposal or you decide to do the dishes um, or you decide to clean up, um, you know, the person whose primary um, love language is acts of service. The words they uh, most want to hear is let me do this for you. Um, So like laziness or broken commitments or like making more work from for the person. It doesn't help them feel loved. And so when others serve you out of love, not out of obligation, you feel loved and valued. So that was actually my secondary um, love language. And so I know I, I definitely do appreciate it when someone comes over, like my friend Destiny, when, you know, when I'm experiencing a depressive episode she will come over and help me clean up. Um, of course, like I said, everyone can also have different, um, they can have different love languages, but overall the one where you get the highest, the highest score is your primary love language. So again, I'm getting off on a tangent a bit, but overall, when it comes to acts of service, the the model that kind of comes to mind is like action speaks louder than words. So, you know, acts of service, love language expresses that, you know, by doing things that you know your spouse would like is how, you know, how they experience or how they feel love. So cooking, laundry, picking up, you know, medication, things like that, um, things that require some thought, some time and some effort. So um, all these things should be done with, you know, with positivity and your partner's ultimate happiness in mind to be considered the expression of love. Again, it's not out of obligation, um, but it's simply because you, you know, you want to do it. Um, And so a lot of times, you know, people whose primary love language is acts of service. When you think about it, a lot of times people may associate that with gifts, but it's not. So gift is also actually, or gift giving is also a a love language. So when it comes to receiving gifts um, as the primary love language, it isn't necessarily about materialistic things. It just means that you're being uh, meaningful or thoughtful um, gifts that make a partner feel loved and appreciated. Something as simple as, you know, picking up, uh, you know, a pint of their favorite ice cream or after a long, after a long week, after a long week can make a huge impact. Um, and this is different than acts of service because where you show affection by performing actions to help your partner. So again, with act, people sometimes can put these two together, but again, with acts of service, you show your affection by performing actions or tasks, but when it comes to receiving gifts, it's you know exactly what it says it is, um, and you know it's not a matter of like, oh, I get you the most expensive thing, but if you know if you speak the love language of receiving gifts, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you know you are known, you are cared for, you are a prize above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to them. So like something like a missed birthday or anniversary 
or like thoughtless gift would be really disastrous to someone whose primary love language is receiving gifts. So, so with the absence of everyday gestures, so gifts are heartfelt symbols to someone of someone else's love language and affection for you. So that's one, uh, the, another love language. Uh, the fourth one is words of affirmation. So this love language expresses love with words that build up your partner. So verbal compliments don't have to be complicated. It can be anything like that dress looks amazing on you. You always make me laugh. I love your hair today. Words mean a lot if your partner's primary love language is words of affirmation. So compliments and things like I love you go a long way. On the other hand, like negative or insulting comments can hurt your partner and it could make them um, take longer to uh, forgive you if a person's primary love language um, is words of affirmation. And and the other um, prime um, love language is physical touch. So a person whose primary um, love language is physical touch is not surprisingly very touchy, but it's like hugs, pat on the back, and thoughtful um, touches on the arm that can can always be ways to show excitement, concern, or love for your partner whose primary love language is physical touch, physical presence, um, and accessibility are crucial um, because like neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and really destructive to a person whose primary love language is physical touch. So appropriate and uh, timely touches communicate safety, warmth, and like, you know, showing that, you know, you love them. So again, I just want to go over the five love language is quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, and receiving gifts. And I will be sure again to include the link in the show notes so that you can take this quiz because the thing is, it's important for us to know that how one receives love and gives love is com- could be completely different because just because, for instance, my primary love language is quality time, that doesn't mean uh, my future partner that his love, his his primary love language is quality time. His primary love language could be physical touch, and so it's important that you know this about not only yourself but your significant other, because you can't assume that your primary love language is your partner's primary love language. So that's something to think about. And again, I want to reiterate because it brings a level of self-awareness and also um, intimacy and connection to you and your partner um, in in your relationship. And so, like I said, physical touch and receiving gifts was, was my lowest score. So it was four. So again, I got a 10 for quality time. I got a six for acts of service, a six for words of affirmation, a four for physical touch and a four for receiving gifts. And it doesn't necessarily mean that um, words of affirmation or physical touch or receiving gifts are not something that I don't appreciate, appreciate as a form of expression of love. It just means that it's not my primary way of receiving um, love that Quality time is a big thing for me. And I and I talk about that all the time. Physical present means the world to me. And when I'm around other people, 
I do my best to not be on my phone the entire time. Like I said, I may check it at my phone occasionally, but for the most part, it may be like in my purse or in my pocket because for me, I want to make sure that people know that their presence is valued. So yeah, so I just thought this would be fun to to talk about in something different, something that's not so heavy in, you know, in light of Valentine's Day being this weekend. Let's move on to this week's self-care and wellness segment. So for this week's self-care and wellness segment is simply one thing. Take the um the quiz for the five love five love languages. And if you're with a partner, have your partner do it too and see what your love language is versus what their love language is and tag me, tag me on social media, tag the business page for um, Fireflies Unite. It's Fireflies Unite Media. I'll be sure to include it in the show notes. Um, and you can also feel free to tag me if you would like, um, but I really want to uh, boost engagement and build the business page, which is Fireflies Unite Media. So I would like to encourage you to tag the business page, but that's simply what it is. Just take the quiz and that's it. So for this week's therapist shout out, I want to give a shout out to a therapist who um, was tagged on the Fireflies Unite Media, the business page, where I am highlighting in honor of Black History Month, I'm highlighting Black therapists. And um, this particular therapist was tagged. Her name is Julian King, and she's located in Scarsdale, New York. And she um, she accepts a lot of insurances. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I will just give you a, a little bit of information about her that her specialties are life transition, coping skills, and peer relationships. Um, the issues that she worked with are women issues, trauma and PTSD, transgender, stress, uh, self-esteem, relationship issues, racial identity. She also does life coaching, emotional disturbance, depression, and anxiety. Um, so mood disorders, which, you know, depression falls into that. And so does bipolar disorder as well as personality disorders. Um, and so if you are in the Scarsdale, New York area, um, and you're looking for a therapist, consider, uh, Julian King, and I'll be sure to leave her psychology today profile in the show notes so that you can check her out. And that's it. So that wraps up an episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening. Um, again, the winners for um, completing the survey are Rhonda Waithers, Tina Brunton, and Kasha Kent. I'll be sure to email you all. I want to encourage everyone to please, please, please rate the podcast, leave your review. Um, thank you again to everyone who's completed the survey. I am working on ways to implement that as I grow and you know, get more uh, resources. One of the things that I'm considering doing is starting a Patreon um, community to for to have individuals to make uh, monthly donations to the podcast. Um, not anything super expensive, but donations will help me to be able to do things like hire an editor. Um, you know, be I have someone that's helping me, um, an intern who's helping me manage the social media um but i won't be able to have the intern forever so i can hire someone to manage the business um page so things like that that it's like not money that's going into my pocket but it's helping me um whether that's getting better um sound equipment um just things like that that can help improve the 
the quality and the brand of the podcast. So again, I just want to reiterate that it's not me starting a Patreon page because I I want to go um, buy red bottoms. So that's something that I'm considering. Um, I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to do it, but it's definitely something that I'm considering to help offset some of the cost of um, um, the expenses of the podcast. Um, again, um, thank you all for listening. I appreciate wholeheartedly the love and support. Please follow at Fireflies Unite Media on Instagram. You all have a blessed week. And thank you again for listening. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.